All right. Back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Justin Cuthbert, and Brent Gunning this week. Reminder to get your Wake and Rake submissions in. We're actually doing a Wake and Rake today. Big news. We're going to do PGA Championship picks because we've got a major this weekend. We're going to look at the series uh, in the NHL. Maybe look at the NBA as well. Well, Con Smythe. Con Smythe. Lots of stuff to do in the Wake and Rake. So get your submissions in so we can put together a proper parlay this morning. Before we get to that, let's get to Steve Cooliest. And our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Coolius is of Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, Brent. Uh, normally, I don't get up this early unless someone's taking me golfing at Angus Glen, but that's still good. <laughs> the sun, I got a text. I got to say this on the show, become good friends with John Cooper, and he texted Saturday morning. Well, for me, I got up, you know, 10, 15. He said, how are things in Toronto? And I said, the sky is falling, my friend. The sky is falling. So at least the sun is up right now, and we'll try to figure out this mess moving forward. Thank you for having me. Uh, you segue there from golfing to John Cooper, and I thought you had a tea time with John Cooper there. I was like, what does a John Cooper golf game look like? I was worried you were going to say that John Cooper texted you about how much he respected the Leafs, and that would have broken my brain <laughs> if I would have heard any more about anybody respecting the Leafs coming out of Tampa. So I'm just so happy uh, that wasn't there. But yeah, cool. Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on. Let's let's start with the Leafs. Obviously, they're uh, they're the topic du jour in this town every day. But uh, even with the Stanley Cup playoffs going on pretty big topic across the league at, at large uh it seems like things are trending possibly towards Kyle Dubas uh coming back I couched that a couple of times in case you caught it there but that's what it seems like things are trending towards is that the right decision for the Toronto Maple Leafs to have Kyle Dubas back or are you somebody who thinks they need a new set of eyes on things and feel free to mention any other changes you'd like to see in Leaf Land Cools well, I, I mean, I can make an argument either way. I, it feels like it's up to Kyle, and the, the, the discussion point is that Kyle wants Sheldon back, and Brendan is saying you're back at a, uh, I don't know, a three-plus-one contract with an option, but we want to make a change in the coaching department. Like, something's weird. Like, that press conference was different, right? And Kyle's emotional, and, and if he and the family can handle it, then you think, well, it's time to move off. And there's a lot of people that believe it's time for a new set of eyes. I mean, if, if a George McPhee and a Joel Quenville, we've gone from Babcock and Lou Lamorello, you know, old school harsh to the more softer cuddling of Kyle and Sheldon, maybe it's time to go back to experienced of, of, of a new set of eyes and a, and a different way to look at things. And, you know, it's time to move off Nylander. It's time to, you know, I've been crunching numbers this morning about, trying to keep Ryan O'Reilly and buying out Matt Murray and saying by the 15 and three, cause there's no room having to have Robertson and Nyes in the lineup next year on, on entry level deals. So we can make a lot of different arguments this anyway, but if you're, if you're hiring somebody, you want to know they're all in and they're engaged. Like how long are we going to wait? And, and what else is available on the market for a job that people would leave? Like, I, I think it's okay to say when I was talking to John, you know, he didn't answer, but I asked if he had like a Notre Dame clause. Because if somebody does, <laughs> right, if somebody, it, I think it's a fair question. If someone does and they're, you know, I'm not saying it's Ken Holland. I'm not saying he would take it. Who's, who leaves where they are to come here more than, you know, leaving to go to Columbus? So if it is Kyle, are we just running this back again? Are we using Detroit and Washington as examples of 
13 years for I, I I did look up and say there were articles and things written that said the Cavs will never win with Ovechkin, Backstrom, Carlson, and Holtby. Well, they did. Right. Right? So we have to kind of absorb all of these things. But the first thing is who's in charge, and then is Matthews signing or have a handshake a shake agreement by June 30th. This idea he's playing in October with no deal, that's not happening. He's either has a deal that's officially signed July 1st or he's traded. Like there's no shenanigans here. So there's a lot in play. That's why people can't go to sleep. Yeah, quickly on the Notre Dame clause, like a name that has popped into my head and I've had some minor discussions with people uh, uh, with is Doug Armstrong. And apparently he was up for the Montreal Canadiens gig and he might have some sort of clause in his contract where I guess it could be considered a promotion. Like that that's just one example of like, if you're putting contingency plans in place, I mean, maybe that's not the worst one to go to, but to your point, like if Dubas drags this on a little bit or this takes a little a while, like, how hard is the path forward for the Maple Leafs, knowing they have so many decisions they have to make, knowing they have less than six weeks now, and not really knowing who's going to be re- guiding the ship when you get there? Like, if Dubas drags us on, and they're left without a general manager in a week's time, how hard is the path forward here for the Maple Leafs? It just slows everything down, man. It, it slows it down. And if you need, uh, you know, if you need uh, me time, get to know you time, make my girlfriend's jealous time, Elaine, before you get married and you want to enjoy the engagement, then Austin needs to be talking to if it's Doug. And if that's true, you know, sometimes you have to make decisions and say, if someone's in front of me and I have a chance to hire them to do play-by-play or be my general manager or, you know, fix my car, then the Doug Armstrong one is a beginner and ender. Like, it begins and ends now. Like, if Doug has that clause and he's able to use it, then this thing's over, right? Then I'm handing him the keys to the Maple Leaf Kingdom. That's me. Like that, And that's with whoever is in, in play, if, if it's true with someone like Doug Armstrong and then whatever he wants to do. I mean, there's, there's arguments on both sides. I think the argument about a new set of keys or a new set of eyes make, makes a lot of sense. But something's got to get decided so Matthews can get decided. Nylander can get decided. What goes on the blue line that gets decided? Like, I look at the free agency. It's not a great crop, but I like Tyler Bertuzzi. Can he fit in and, and be a different mix? He had a great one playoff for Boston. Doesn't look like they can afford him, and he's going back there. There's a lot to be decided, and it never stops. And that's why we have these discussions today, gentlemen. And then the real people have the discussions moving forward where to go. And I think that's why it's important not to rush the decision, but we need to know Austin needs to know, and then decisions need to be made. Fan Morning Show, Brent Cutting, Justin Cuthbert, talking to Steve Cooley is here. Yeah, you, you know, you mentioned you mentioned the idea of the decisions need to be made, and you do need to hurry up and, and make these. It's just such a it's such a time crunch for for this team and, and everything there. You know, we talked a lot about, uh, you know, what's at play, the machinations of what's into Dubas's decision, how much is the say in the head coach and all of that. If the Leafs are to, to make a coaching change, you know, typically you mentioned it with what you've seen in the front office there, the fluctuation of young to new school, Maybe you go more old school. Uh, coaching tends to work the same way. I don't think it's necessarily fair to call Sheldon Keefe a players coach, but I don't think you'll be getting a players coach in here if it's somebody if it's the cha- if that's the change they they see and need to make. I totally agree. I totally agree, and I and I think that I I mean I've been taught by Brian Burke when he was a GM, and I'm not name dropping. It's just you're lucky. 
Doug Wilson came on the show and I told him I, I wouldn't have signed Eric Carlson for 11 and a half. That's not, <laughs> that's not, that's not hard. To, that's hard to do. Right. Uh, uh, Kevin Chevel Damp came on. I said, Patrick line. I would never have on my team and I wouldn't guys. I'd never be on my team. I don't care. He's, he's not playing for me. My play for you. Go ahead. Not playing for me. Now I'm with and, you. Cool. <laughs> it, 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 look, if I can't say what I feel or feel, I say that I can't get somebody else. That, that, that's what I feel in this situation. And I act like Sheldon's right here. The backtrack on the ripping during the season, you can't do that, man. And if it was Joel Quenville and he sat Mitch Marner for the third period and somebody asked him, he says, did you watch the game? Next question. Mm-hmm. And because it's Joel, because it's Joel, you say, okay, it changes everything. Remember, we always talked about this is the Leafs. This is the Yankees. Well, we've tried it many different ways. You know, we've tried it the Red Sox, Theo Epstein way. We've tried it the the veteran, you know, old school yell and and and, and scream and and you know I've got the credibility from the Red Wings and Team Canada ways. So now it might be back to the old school, still talking, and we still have to coddle these guys. Yeah. It's the Oreo cookie, the Oreo cookie. Really, the middle is what I want to say. Oh, by the way, great back check in the second period. Um, stop shooting the puck wide, far side, shorthanded. <laughs> And I, I, you know, uh, and get on the bus. Really, the message is the middle of the Oreo cookie, but that's how we have to deliver it. So I think in this case, credibility in in the in the championship regard means something to me. I would think it would mean something to them. And with Joel perhaps now being on the market, um, that might come into play. I find it fascinating what's going on behind the scenes. Brendan meeting with the board, and 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 where this thing is going to go. But the idea of blowing it up is asinine blowing it up when you're in theory this close it, it's not blow it up mode it's make the bold doug gilmore move it's that that's where they are now they brought it along from 2017 they've accomplished literally nothing in the playoffs minus the series they are very close it's not blow it up it's who's got the balls to make a move that can get this team to where they should be right now guys and they should be in the eastern conference final just tracking back, Cooley, on what you said there about Keith and having to apologize for his criticisms. I, I, I like, I'm, I'm with you. I think it was one of the more embarrassing things that we saw from this Leafs team this season. But I also don't think it's necessarily the way Sheldon Keith wants to operate. Like, I, I don't. He said it because he felt it, and he apologized. I think because maybe he was told, "Hey, you should probably apologize for that." So, like, I, I don't know how to separate these things. But do you think there's like? Do you think there's an authority issue with the Leafs? Like, uh, with Sheldon Keith maybe not able to do what he wants? And we saw, like, different versions of Kyle. And can Kyle be the actual guy that he wants to be? Like, it just feels like you can't really pinpoint exactly what's going on. But I've felt for a while that the people making key decisions, the people that have true responsibility with this team, aren't really allowed to be who they really want to be. And I've heard... Similar things I've heard, not the Muskoka Five or who's running the country club, but something's not screwed on right. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like it's you know the the hip bone connects to the leg bone connects. It's not it's it's we need a chiropractor, and it's supposed to flow better, and something's not, and I don't know what it is. Um, it's and it, you know Willie's laid back, John's so serious. Mitch at times it's um, it's a little immature and a little 
off points. Um, Austin's too good not to be able to put a team on his back. There, and then there's the, there's the other pieces around the club. You know, is there room for Ryan O'Reilly? Is that important? Do you want another slower-footed centerman or move John to the wing type of guy? So, something's missing. Something's missing. And I think if someone knew the answer was, they, they'd be on the staff or be on the team or be in the front office. And other people believe it's just patience that, you know, it'll come together. I think patience is wearing thin using the Red Wings and Washington model, but it's something. And I think, I think people need to be in there to know what it is, right? The, the people who really know are in there. Can it be solved by the group that they have now? Or does an outsider, other set of eyes need to look at this? But some, something's not right. I, I, I'm not saying it stinks like Ludzie taught me Royal Red Rotten. But some, open a window, somebody, like something's not right, uh, and who's going to be the guy to fix it or gal? Yeah, the, the interesting part there as well is that, you know, we talk about the idea of did Sheldon have the autonomy to hold up his comments and say, no, I'm not walking them back. I think it's fair to say he didn't, or it's possible he wanted to himself, but this is another kind of fork in the roads moment for this franchise, and not in just regards of all the decisions they have to make, but Austin Matthews is probably going to try to flex a little bit in terms of his muscles of what... What can I decide around here? You know, I'm not saying he says when they practice and when they don't, but does he have some say in who the GM is? Does he have some say in what the GM does this offseason? And I think that this is just a big-time inflection point because if you are worried about that disease of blue and white or the Muskoka 5 and all of that kind of creeping back in, this is a moment where you have to take a bit of a hard line, but it's so hard to do that with a guy who can call his own shot in, in Austin Matthews, and that's why it just goes back to the conversation we keep having about GM of just what an important uh, offseason this is for this team, and not just in terms of the decisions they make, but the tenor they, they kind of make them in. Absolutely. And um, when you walk into a place, you know who's in charge. Whether you walk in and it's a, you know, a pub and it's the bouncer. In the old school NHL game, it used to be Bruce Hood or Andy Van Helleman. Now there's two um, who's in charge. You know, uh, At our place, it was kind of really my mom, right? So she's <laughs> really in charge. So who Sounds like is my house. in charge? Yeah, you know, uh, I know who's in charge here, and it's not me. It's uh, Diane. So who's in charge? Who is in charge? Because there's no face of the franchise. There's no George Steinbrenner. There's no old school, although I, I think we long sailed on the Harold Ballard ship. But at least someone's in charge, and someone's going to face the people above Brendan and say, here's what we're doing and why. And at least there could be a dialogue back and forth of what the plan is. But because there's Rogers and Bell and – Larry and then Brendan it's too convoluted for me it's who is in charge what is the plan and then we can either discuss the plan pick apart the plan support the plan and it then comes down to the most important position in hockey which is the general manager like that is the future deciding moment whether it was a passing of the of the Devilano torch to Ken Holland what McPhee did building Washington before he left look what he did when he got to Vegas you know, we can go over the Penguins when they won with Sid and, and, and who runs the ship and has to make the toughest decisions. And it's okay to hurt people's feelings. That's what happens when you have to make tough decisions, whether it's I'm not giving you the 20% of the cap, Austin, or the number is 14.34. That is the number to leave space so we can win and use cap space properly. All of those things which are in play – fairly in play for, for discussion points, 
as long as we figure out by sometime before, you know, Queen Victoria's birthday, who is running the ship and what the plan's going to be with the roster moving forward because we assume Austin was honest and he wants to stay. Well, a handshake agreement needs to be in place on June 29th, an announcement coming July 1st, which is eight times whatever the big number is, guys. Uh, Cooley, you mentioned Quenville, and we mentioned Quenville earlier in the show, and despite, you know, the squeaky, maybe belying the squeaky clean image that the Maple Leafs have, like it being a really, really good fit and something that makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned, you know, general manager, the most important, coaching really important too. And if you look at the coaches remaining, Brendamore, Maurice, Cassidy, DeBoer, like if you just look at the coaching names, it's really not a, that big of a surprise, the final four teams remaining in the NHL, is it? It's not. And I, I just want to, we had the same discussion on our show yesterday and you look at them and say, you know, guys, we've all talked to guys. We all have known the second last year that the exit meetings happened. There was a little kerfuffle in Boston. We started the clock. Like when you play chess against the Russians and you say, okay, the clock started and then Bruce Cassidy got hired. What does that say about a person who is unemployed for seconds right? Unemployed Mm -hmm. for a second. And guess what he was? He was too tough in Boston. He was too tough in Boston. How did Boston do this year? Oh yeah. Yeah. They lost. They lost in the first round to a team that we thought that they were going to annihilate and we could revisit all of that stuff. Do you think, uh, do you think that Bruce Cassidy watched game seven and just went, well, that's very interesting. Or as Jerry said, what a shame. What a shame. And now he's eight wins away with his fourth-string goalie. And when you watch Boston under Cassidy and watch Vegas right now, I mean, yes, GM, very important. You know, coaching, you know, as they taught me in, you know, Maine, more important. There's GMs and then there's coaching in the game of hockey. And if you could have a new dream team of what you mentioned with Doug Armstrong and a Joel Quenville, I think everyone listening would say they would take that in a moment. I don't think it's realistic about two superstars coming in at the same time. Um, But it is Toronto, and something needs to be done instead of just the same old. Some big decisions are coming. Is it one? Is it three? We're waiting for Godot right now. We're waiting for Nye until something does happen. Um, But it's got to happen. It's got to happen because some type of bold move is needed to get over the next hurdle. One round, that's not cause for celebration except for the kids on Young Street. It's time for more. And this team is good, but can it be great? Yeah, I've been a, I've been a pretty staunch defender of Kyle Dubas kind of since the beginning. But if, if it's not going to be him, the idea of Doug Armstrong is certainly uh, pretty, pretty appealing. Um, there are going to be hockey series still to be played. I know we haven't talked about them at all because the Leafs aren't involved. But uh, I, I think I'll just phrase it this way. Do the Florida Panthers have a chance? I don't think anyone expected them to beat Boston. Uh, you know, maybe some people expect them to get past the Leafs. I certainly didn't. And here they are against the Hurricanes. Uh, just how how much of a shot do you think they have in the Eastern Conference Final? I think they've got a shot. And, you know, whether you look at money path and certain, I mean, the odds are when there's four teams left, everyone at least is at 24, 25%. So some people are a little higher and a little lower on certain analytics. Vegas is a little lower because they don't like Aiden Hill. Going into this playoff, I wondered if it could be 1993 all over again. And it kind of is, you know. Boston was Pittsburgh and they're out. You know, the Islanders were 
Florida or Florida was the Islanders. They, they knocked off the Penguins, and now the door is open for the Leafs, the Kings, the Islanders, and the Habs. And Montreal took advantage. They went on the run. We all know how 93 ended. So maybe Bobrovsky's wall, guys. Can you believe it? I thought the Leafs were going to chase Bobrovsky twice. Instead, they couldn't beat him more than two times. So it was an opportunity wasted. I do believe it's wide open. I think Carolina is my own personal slight favorite. Carolina Vegas is kind of what my foggy crystal ball sees. Last year, I almost went perfect at 14-1. and one. Uh, This year, we were not as good in round number two. So I'm going to say Carolina just because. But could Florida win? Yes, I think Florida could win. I think I'm kind of on the Carolina bandwagon right now. Yeah, I am too. It was a tough year, though. You don't have to be too hard on yourself. Definitely a tough year for prognosticating. Uh, I do. I agree with you, though. I think Carolina, my, my theory on Carolina is they're the highest, highest, highest level gatekeeper, and you have to be elite to beat them. And I don't think the Panthers, despite this run, and despite the fact they beat elite teams, are elite themselves. Uh, when you go to the Western Conference Final, you said it. you think Vegas is going, uh, but it's a different challenge going from Edmonton to Dallas. Is it a more difficult challenge going from Edmonton to Dallas for the Vegas Golden Knights? It is minus 97 and 29 because after that, there were a lot of no-shows. I know injuries to Kane, one goal for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, Tyler Yamamoto gone. There's 3.1 opened up if you're the Oilers, uh, a defense that's better. I mean, you look at the lines top to bottom when you've got, you know, the Pavelski line, you've got Wyatt Johnston, who Jim Neal was on the show. I said, what are you doing with, you know, is he at the World Juniors? And he said, no, no. Uh, he's made a decision. Who's made a decision? Wyatt Johnston. What was the decision? He's put himself on the team. Wow. Oh, my God. Then you add Domi and Dadnov with this club. This, look at the top nine forwards. It's so good. That's better than Edmonton's. I'm sorry to Nick Bukestad and to Kane, who was hurt, and to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's the challenge for Vegas, that Dallas can roll them out 1-9 to nine or 1-12 to 12 very deep. And they better be ready for that. Like, this is really good. Jamie Benn had to wake up a little bit, then ripped one in to help them win the series. That's the challenge, because as good as Edmonton is at the very, very top, sorry, Dallas is deeper. I love these two. I'm looking forward to the matchups in terms of line combinations, Vegas and Dallas. And Vegas and Dallas will be a better series than Vegas and Seattle. So I'm looking forward to that in the Western Conference, gentlemen. Yeah, I don't. I know you don't need convincing, Steve, but I'm warming up, too, to this uh, this conference final round. I think they're going to be two really good series. I think they're going to be very entertaining, despite it not being major markets or the most important markets to people talking about it on talk radio in Toronto. Uh, Steve, we definitely appreciate the time uh, this morning, and enjoy the golf rounds next time you wake up early. I keep my elbow tight. Right. And I try to use too much club so I don't kill it. And my game has improved slowly and surely. My game has improved. Gentlemen, thank cool. you for the cool. Time today. Those are literally yeah. the exact things I'm working on in my game right now. So you and me, we are uh, simpatico on that. Uh, hit them straight if you can. Uh, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, that, that's Steve Coolius, our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. He mentioned Dadanov. 
Dadanov is maybe my least favorite player in the NHL, a guy I've been like trying to deride and trying mm. to diminish for whatever reason, just a weird axe that I have to grind. Love it. I, I'm, I'm gonna I have love to, a grudge. I'm going to have to eat it oh, big time sorry. if he wins a Stanley Cup with the Dallas Stars. Yeah, that would be tough for that would be tough for you. And uh, I just want to say, you know, like we're, we're working together. We've worked. We've been colleagues for a couple of years, but there's been distance between us getting to work with you for a couple of weeks here now. I love that about you. Just uh, anybody who can just find somebody to have a grudge against. Everyone's got those grind. people. No, but some people have like one in the world. I got a lot. I don't know how many mm. you have there, but I love that. I love that about you. And yeah, I uh, don't have a list, but Dadanov okay. is up there. All right. I, I don't have, I don't have a list. I have a book. It's like a, it's a leather bound. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say the list is a bit psychotic, but yeah. you had a book. I, I got, I got a, I got like a volume series of just various slights I've collected in my life. Uh, that's good for you that you're warming up to this conference final round. Not me. Although no, I, I have to say, if it was Seattle, Vegas, I might have turned, I use this too often, but I would have turned into Joker. Uh, the idea of me, Leaf fan, that never getting to see it in my life uh, is a team in the conference, or one mm. time in my life that I can remember seeing it in the conference final. If it would have been a all-expansion conference final, would have lost my mind. I would have been much more down on it if it was Seattle, Vegas. It yeah. would have been very, very I, I And look, I understand how good it is for the league that Vegas has hit the ground running and it's this fun team and the people there have really bought into it. That's all well and good for the league. But again, much to my point, I just made about having a leather bound mm-hmm. series of people I have grievances against anyone who's a fan, Daniel Negreanu, chief among them, anyone who is a fan of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. You just woke up one day. Oh, we have a hockey team. This is great. Wouldn't it? Oh, do they win all the time and they make deep playoff runs? I never have to think about pain or suffering because guess what? If there's pain or suffering, they'll just stop caring about the, the Golden Knights. So yeah, a little, little irksome to me that they're back there. But in terms of a, a hockey team, how can you not respect him? And honestly, Eichel is the exact opposite of a guy who I have an axe against. I've kind of defended him a lot through mm-hmm. the weird start to his career. So I'm kind of happy to see him on a team that's succeeding. So if I have to be happy about the Golden Knights, I'll do it through the lens of looking at Jack Eichel. Well, here's the thing about apathy when it comes to the entertainment value of the conference finals here in the NHL. One bet can fix all of yeah. that. And we will discuss... The Conn Smythe Trophy odds, the series odds, plus Blue Jays, Yankees, PGA Championship. A lot to do in a proper wake and rake. We will do that next. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. All right, we need Wake and Rake submissions from you. I know it's been a little neglected over the last little while as we've dealt with the Maple Leafs here. Uh, but this is a proper Wake and Rake, so we need anchor submissions from you. Text us at 590-590 to get those in. Let's start. Gunner with the PGA Championship and the Fanex Cup, which again has been neglected and is getting brought back this week for <laughs> the second major of the season. Very, so I get to do stuff. I get to do Ailish dirty. I did you dirty last time. You did uh, you well. You both. It was more of a criticism of both of you not okay. picking Corey Just... Connors in a in a tournament that <laughs> he, he did won win and yeah. has won previously. But win. yes, you are now on Ailish's team. She's up a thousand dollars to none in the Fanex Cup standings. That's good. Hopefully, with a seven pack each here. We can change at least that leaderboard just a bit, whether it's 
to the benefit of Ailish or to the benefit of myself. I will give you first pick because I'm frankly going to be looking a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to be looking at the favorites because I want to try and take a lead and $750 doesn't do anything for me. And that's the number on the top two guys right now. The uh, favorites to win the PGA championship, Scotty Scheffler and John Rom, co-favorites at plus 750. Uh, you can lead us off. Yeah, I'm going to take one of those guys and it's not going to be Scotty Scheffler. It's going to be John Rom. Uh, I will not be outright betting this. Like you said, the value is just not there. But in terms of picking a guy to win and you're just trying to hit the right guy, I think John Rahm is as good a bet as any uh, when comparing him with the odds with Scheffler. Yeah, it's just not even close for me. Putter's gone a little cold for Scotty. John Rahm's hot. Give it to me. I will go with uh, Victor Hovland uh, as my first pick Mm. plus or 28 to one at this moment. This is more of like a narrative pick on the show. If Hovland gives me a lead that Ailish comes back to, <laughs> she's going to be very, very d- disappointed. Okay. And I felt you might go that direction. So I'll just get that okay. one out of the way early. Hey, I like it. If it's a, if we are doing snake draft, you got to grab uh, what, what you like. Uh, I'm going to go just a touchdown on, on the odd sheet. Give me Tony Finau plus 2000 there. He's due. Guys had a win this year. He is ready to win a major. You're going to see a good player win. He is not a good player. He's a great player. Give me Tony Fino. Uh, I love heels and I love unintended heels. Patrick Cantlay, 18 to one will be my mm. next pick. Uh, he's in good form. A lot of people are picking him to win this week. Uh, and he gets to, you know, maybe slow down Brooks Kepa at some point with all mm. the live guys being back in action at the PGA championship, which again, like you um Explain this to me. Sure. PGA yeah. Championship. Yeah. Why are the live guys there? The Professional Golf Association of America and the Professional Golf Association of, uh, Association of America's tour are two separate entities. Okay. Always confuses people, but it's as simple as that. That's important context. Yes, it is. Third round. Go ahead. Uh, I am going to go with a guy who is showing some recent form as of late, including a win. He has won a major before. Give me Jason Day at 25 to 1. Did Jason Day win last week? Yeah. No. He did? Or it was either last week or two weeks ago. He has a win within the last uh, cup. It was last week. Yeah, yeah he's, so wait, he's, he's waiting to watch. Yeah. He's uh, he's definitely turned things around. That's a, that's a nice story. I think that story goes untold just a little bit more than uh, For sure. than it should because this guy was lost. This oh. guy was dealing with vertigo. He was guy. the number one player in the world before that too. Won yeah, a major, yeah. won our national open. So yeah, he was the like? he was the guy. And I understand that like the time being the guy other for Tiger Woods is fleeting for just about everyone. It's uh, his return to just form. One last one last impressive. thing on your Cantley pick. Another feather in his cap. He's got Tiger's man Joe Lacava caddying mm-hmm. for him now. Uh, that guy's seen a guy win some majors before. So. Okay, I'll go a little shorter on the board just because uh, I, I, I probably should at this point. I'll take Xander Shoffley. He gets mm. me the lead if he wins at 16 to 1, and he's got the fourth shortest odds to win the tournament, so I will go with X. Yeah, uh, you can have that. Uh, I like Xander Shoffley. I don't dislike him as much as most. Uh, until he wins a major, I will not be touching him in a, in one of these things. He's had so many moments and never come close. Uh, give me a guy who we forgot about him as a two-time major winner because it feels like 100 years ago because it happened right before the pandemic. Colin Morikawa, mm, thirty-three to one. Say it with me: the best iron player in the world. If he's going, that's all you're going to hear all week. Uh, so yeah, give me Colin Morikawa there to put the third major in his trophy case. Brooks n- nearly gave me a forty to one at the Masters. I will go back to him at twenty to one again. I would never play this, but for the mm-hmm. purposes of this exercise, I will take Brooks Kepka at twenty to one. Uh, I like that there. I'm going to uh, take Justin Thomas, 25 to one. Uh, he is the defending champ at this event. Doesn't feel that way, 
because he mm-hmm. uh, he snuck in there and stole it. We've got a good view of that on on full swing there. Twenty five to one for a guy as talented as him. He should have more majors than he does. Uh, starting to come a bit out of it. Uh, so yeah, give me JT. All right, I'll take Rory. Okay, good for you. I'll take Rory 12 to 1 with the 10th overall pick. I think that's good value, so we'll just leave it at that. We got one long shot, one Canadian to get to. Long shot is 100 to 1. Yep. This week, and the Canadian is a Canadian. Yes. Uh, you're first. I'm going to go with uh, my man, Kashmir Keith. Keith Mitchell, 175 to 1. He ha- He's longer than you think. You're going to need to be long. He's pretty accurate. You're going to need to be accurate there uh, with all the changes that they made to the course. So, yeah, give me Keith Mitchell there for my long shot. Uh, Tom Hoagie's my guy. Mm. Love cheering really? for Tom Hoagie. I actually thought about that. That's I really like that. 200 to 1. I hit an outright last year with Tom Hoagie, and I will love him forever. So, Tom Hoagie at 200 to 1 is my pick and maybe i'll play that one too yeah not worth uh or not not a bad idea to play it uh i thought long and hard about nick taylor here i'm going Corey connors mm-hmm. he actually has some experience on this uh from his collegiate days although it's a different course now uh it's a guy who's been kind of fighting it but he's starting to turn the corner as well and i'll be honest i just read a great profile by john mccarthy in the toronto sun that's got me all fired up uh, to 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 back Corey connors so uh give me give me Corey connors there uh and he he could have been my long shot if i wanted uh because he is a hundred to one. I believe every Canadian is over 100 to 1. Uh, that's just the reality. That's how it goes. Of Canadian golf at the moment. I'll go 301, Adam Svensson. Mm. I guess I'm put, leaving myself open Spenny for baby. Adam Hadwin winning because I guess he's the better golfer. Uh, but uh, Svensson, I think, has been better this year. Just uh, anecdotally, I think he's been better this year. So our teams as such, Gunner and Ailish, Rom, Finau, Day, Morikawa, Thomas, Mitchell, Connors, and I'm rolling with Hovland, Cantlay, Xander, Brooks, Rory, Tom Hoagie and Adam Svensson. Okay, let's move on to a little hockey discussion. And I think we should start with the Conn Smythe because it kind of colors our opinion Mm -hmm. on what we might see in the series. And I think this is a fascinating market uh, at this point because the top guys on the board, with the exception of Jack Eichel, so the Mm -hmm. top guy for each team, with the exception of of Jack Eichel, I think is a vulnerable favorite. And when you're betting futures markets, you're looking for vulnerable favorites. Jack Eichel is the favorite at plus 650 where I'm looking. But Sebastian Ajo has the shortest odds for a Carolina Hurricane. And frankly, I don't think he's been the best Hurricane. Mm -hmm. Matthew Kachuk has the shortest odds for the Florida Panthers. And frankly, Sergei Bobrovsky is a stronger reason why Mm -hmm. they're in the position they're in right now. Frederick Anderson has also got the fourth shortest odds at plus 800. I don't think he's a good bet at all. No. And that leaves us with like a collection of Dallas stars. That's where the I'm The two leaving. shortest ones are Ottinger at, and Hints at 10 to 1 at this moment. So I think there's like a lot of room for interpretation here. Let's go team by team okay. and just kind of outline who we think might be maybe, maybe should without the odds be yep. like the leader at this point. And then we'll kind of like, you know, uh, Reference it, sure. references to the actual list here. Let's start with Carolina. Uh, the leader is, as I mentioned, Aho and Anderson, 700, 800, respectively. I think the best player for the Carolina Hurricanes has been Brent Burns. I've heard Elliot Friedman yep. say on a broadcast that he regretted not voting for him in the Norris Trophy and that he's got he's watching him for the Smythe Trophy. Brent Burns has been my favorite all favorite bet all along here for the Consmite Trophy. It's down to twenty to one. I've got it at long, way longer odds, so I won't be touching it. But I think Brent Burns has been the best Hur- Carolina Hurricane to this point, and I feel like there's going to be a groundswell of support for him as well among media members because you're not going to a goaltender here. Aho's not putting up the points. I don't think that like makes him the distances himself from anyone else. I don't think Martin Nakish can win. Honestly. 
I think Brett Burns should be the favorite among Carolina Hurricanes, and right now he's 20-1. to 1. Yeah, it's not going to be Jordan Martinuk either. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he will not be the one uh, ho- hoisting uh, the, the, the con smite there. That's where I go to is the narrative issue for it, is there isn't a guy that is a runaway slam dunk. It's the whole point of their team is that there isn't a guy who's the mm-hmm. runaway slam dunk guy. It is entirely possible Aho gets loose in this series against the Panthers he and, has to. and he piles has to up the loose. points. And then that it, then that'll take care of itself if he has the points there. But if it is a if it is one of these classic, no one on the team truly separated themselves. You hate to talk about it this way, but it's like you almost give it to Brent Burns as a career achievement award if there's nobody there and it's the tiebreaker goes to Grizzled Vet who has had so many of those moments. Yada yada yada. So yeah, I'm with you there. No chance, Freddie Anderson. Like we could just kind of put that no chance right now. Worst bet on the board. Awful, genuinely yeah. awful. Yeah. So I'm, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm there. Uh, you want to just go to Florida next, even Tw- though 24 minutes a night for Burns. He's got eight points in 11 games, two goals. He's a plus eight. I mean, he's doing it all for this team. He's got 41 shots on net as well. Like he, he's, he's a force. He is a force for them. I think he's the most obvious candidate right now for Carolina. But again, a lot can change because. Carolina's a team who could have a guy go crazy yep. offensively and just take control. But right now, that's that's where my head's at. Uh, Florida. Bob. Bob. What are we doing? Like, Kachuk, the two teams that he's going to have to go through, let's, let's workshop this. They win the Stanley Cup. There isn't going to be Matthew Kachuk getting in the, like, not that he won't do that, but we don't think of the Carolina Hurricanes like we do the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. If he would have had, if they would have beat Boston in the conference final and Matthew Kachuk is the guy going head to head with Marshawn and all that, the narrative is there, even if the points aren't, but just the way it's going to play out for them, it's not going to be that. So yeah, it's got to be Bob. And let's be honest, the only way they're winning this thing exactly. is if Bob Bob's. Yeah, it's not Bob's the other way. Yeah. How can they win? Their goaltender has to continue to do what he's been doing. He's been the, he's the only reason they're in the position they're in. Mm -hmm. He's won seven of his nine games. He's a force. He is the Bob of old. He's been the best goaltender in the Stanley cup playoffs and 100% he should have the shortest odds among Panthers and he'll have to be maybe even better for them to win a Stanley cup. It would torture me personally if Carter Verhage won the con Smythe. So I'm not ruling that out just because what else could twist the knife in me the way these playoffs ended. I, you always have to think about that from a Leafs perspective. Cause as always, what does it mean for the Leafs? But yeah, I, we're, we're right. It's Bob. I think Bob should have the most distance, but I'm okay with Jack Eichel having the most distance from him and the rest of his teammates. Like I do think there are other options. I think this can change. Aiden Hill is not good enough. I no. don't think to just put this team on his back. Chandler Stevenson has been really good. March so just had a natural hat trick and has been very good. Petro's Petro. Shea Theodore, Shea Theodore, but Jack Eichel is the guy right now for Vegas. I still, I think it can change. And that's yeah. why I'm not rushing to bet it. I like, you can't one for one this and be like, Hey, if Vegas wins, Eichel's going to no. win. So why do two fifty when you can go six fifty with Eichel? It's not there, but it's closer with this team than any other. I'd say. Yeah. Like you other said, than Bob. like you said, there's so many storylines still to play out with that series. Like if Pietrangelo comes back somehow, him cutting off the dry saddles hand, or at least trying to, is going to somehow be part of the story in a positive way for, for him. Like it feels like the adversity of overcoming that and show on the playoff nastiness, but I'm with you. Eichel is, and again, like I keep going to narratives because it does kind of matter unless somebody just runs away with it. Statistically, you're going to need a narrative story on this. And I think the, kind of culmination of everything with Eichel. Yeah, I'm with you there, but I could easily see a world where 
Mark Stone, Peter Angelo. Like, there's still half of a playoffs left to play. It's funny because it's like, oh, we're at the con- – still a whole half of the playoffs are mm-hmm. left. So I could easily see one of those guys pulling into uh, to, to, to a tie with Eichel there. I did find a Chandler Stevenson 100-1, to 1, so I will be cheering loudly if he goes <laughs> on a bit of a run in the second half of the Stanley Cup playoffs here. Uh, the most interesting team, though, from a Conn Smythe perspective is the Dallas Stars, 100%. Shortest odds right now. Uh, the seventh shortest league wide. And that's a reflection of how, you know, how much parity there and how, how even it really is when looking at who should be deserving of credit here with Dallas, the seventh shortest odds go to Jake Ottinger. He hasn't even been good, no. but this is also a projection of what could happen. He's yeah. going to have to be good for them to win this. However, Rope hints is uh, like on a absolute tear and is he has way nine ahead. more points than Pavelski. Yeah. <laughs> and Pavelski scored eight goals in the second round versus um, I'm blanking on it. The Seattle Kraken. There you go. So hence Pavelski Ottinger all have a chance, but my guy Miro Heiskanen. Mm. I mean, if those guys kind of cannibalize each other and people look at a guy who's playing 25 plus minutes a night and being an absolute stud in that, in the way that Miro Heiskanen has, I think at 33 to one Miro Heiskanen for me is the second best on the board bet on the board behind uh, Brent Burns right now. Yeah, I just pulled up his points because I, you know, that's going to have to be part of it with him. It does. He doesn't have to lead his team in scoring or anything along those lines to get there. Uh, and with him being at nine, that's within ten of where Hints is at right now. And obviously, you know, Dallas is going to go as well as Hints goes. Like Hints is going to have to continue to score. But I think if it's close, like if it's within a handful of points, maybe six, seven, something like that, you could see the case with with Heiskanen. Uh, Dallas is easily the hardest team. And then the thing about this though is it kind of goes back to what we said about Brent Burns. If it is at all close and it's not Ottinger standing on the head and Pavelski is kind of right there, I could very much see kind of, again, like a career achievement con Smythe. If it's push comes to shove, oh, if, if hints is the better. Hockey writers, yes, and I know, yeah, would love, love to, to give, give him the they, con Smythe. There have been people already trying to give it to him. How many times have you heard, oh, Pavelski for con Smythe? Like it's already lingering there, dying to give it to him, dying to give it to Burns. So I'm with you. I think hints is the most likely guy to be the best player on the stars. If Well, actually, I think it's if they win the cup it's because mm-hmm. of Ottinger but I think that the body of work has kind of led him to not be the front runner there but yeah Pavelski he's the lingering one if I'm just looking if I'm just looking at the odds that are in front of me there Pavelski plus 1600 is probably the one I'm most enticed by eight goals in the second oh, round. and that's the thing it's because it, it, if it's at all close they're dying to give it to him if, if, if it's Pavelski Burns Bob Eichel even if you just started your position like yeah. that, I think you got a decent chance of profiting. I mean, Eichel, you have to hit clearly if they win because yep. he's only plus 650, but there's still some value out mm-hmm. there because a lot has to be settled. It's not like, you know, McDavid wins one-to-one, even though Drysaddle was so good. Uh, it's not like that. There's a lot of room for this market to change. So very, very interesting. Uh, quick, series, any series uh, looks for you? Because we got about five minutes left. Yeah, no, nothing. I, I don't have a good handle on the Western Conference series. And uh, yeah, obviously, 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 I like the Hurricanes over the Panthers. I don't love the value you get on it. So uh, I think it's not bad. Minus 135. Minus 135. Yeah. If I'm like, I understand what you're saying. I feel confident about it. You get it at that. But I just, I, if I'm doing a series odd, I feel better about kind of picking the exact game. And because of Bob, I don't have a feel for how that's going to go. I'm betting Carolina pretty heavily. I think they're going to crush Florida. Um, so I will find ways to do that. I also have Dallas and seven at plus 550 because I think it's going to be a long series. Yep. And Peter DeBoer does not lose in game seven. So, uh, I think you're good. Point. I think if you have Dallas at 550, 
you're going to feel good about that as the series goes. Maybe to he six should coach. Games. Maybe he should coach the Leafs. Eh? Maybe he should. Maybe he should. I think he might want to too. <laughs> okay, so let's go to the wake and rake parlay. Uh, we got some submissions in. Let's be quick about ours. I'm just taking the under in the Jays game. Yep. Garrett Cole, Chris Bassett. Bassett's been brilliant. Garrett Cole's Garrett Cole. I think that's an easy one. It's a little bit nerve wracking when Aaron Judge is out there hitting home sure. runs, but I still think under eight is a good pick. Uh, Canada against Kazakhstan in the Borat Classic. Uh, give me Canada by minus four and a half. You get that at minus one. 118 had to find a way to get it not uh, in the six thousands there uh so yeah minus 118 uh for canada by minus four and a half goals okay i'm gonna quickly roll through a couple here jagan scarborough likes tatum over four and a half assists keaton and newmarket likes kyle lowry over four and a half assists jays and yankees first five innings under uh we won't be able to nope. do that with mine that's alex and caladin will from niagara uh likes kiermeyer over a half hit uh at I think that's plus 183. He says that's a lock. Um, and that's a that's a juicy one, though. And Corey from Port Hope has been the standard bearer around these parts. <laughs> he likes the Phillies over the Giants for his wake and rake selection today. Anything stand out to you? Again, we're going with games we're watching. Is there something you're watching? Well, I, if we're going what we're watching, I want to go Tatum. But I kind of want to reward our man in Port Hope for, for keeping us fed with submission. So I think we should just kind of do that, honestly, okay. is where I'm going on Phillies that. and Giants. Let's get me. Uh, let's see who's uh, pitching day between the Phillies and Giants. No, I don't care. Hold that I, I don't even Ross care about that. Stripling and Taiwan Walker. Oh, Jay's so what, legend. Meant what, to be. What, what are we taking? Are we doing the over there? Uh, Yeah, over. Over. Okay. Taiwan Walker, Ross Stripling. Has it not been a good start for your chicken strips? What's going on? Mm, yeah, actually, this is terrible. Just do Tatum now that I'm talking <laughs> through it. I want to help. I really do want to take our man Corey and Port Hope suggestion, but it's uh, we can't do it. Okay, go so Tatum. I'm finding the Tatum assist. That will take me one second, but I will definitely find it. Player assist. Tatum over still finding four and a half. That's minus one fifty. Our parlay of Canada four and a half under eight in the Jays game and Tatum over four and a half assists is plus four eighty-eight. Let's go. Make so some money. The big game for you tonight is the NBA. That's what you're like. Yeah, that's what on. I'll be. That's what I'll be. I mean Jays, obviously, but yeah, that's what yeah. I'll be mostly locked Celtics in. Celtics and Heat. The Celtics are an eight-point favorite. I, I do have a bet in this series, actually. I took the over five and a half games. I think it was like I minus like 110. Yeah, I like that. Miami's been plucky, man. Yeah, that's and, exactly. And, it's like, and the Celtics got, infighting. And, and the Celtics give things away. Miami takes more than they really deserve. It seems like that's the trend. Yep. So I think this could get to six games pretty easily. And I guess you might have a hedge out opportunity if you don't feel very good about mm-hmm. it when it gets to um, the fifth game. So And we have a rooting interest. I don't know how you feel about this. I'll course. never stop rooting for Kyle Lowry. So, uh, yeah, obviously, I would love to see them come through. Don't think they're going going to but would uh, love to see it i can't understand how they've been doing it but they've been doing it so uh the miami heat through getting guy of grit and guile jimmy butler and, and kyle lowry just everything you could want in leaders of men i'm telling you that's what the that's what the leafs need in the end is this is a season where there's absolutely no expectations as a seven seed and just oh. being like oh, oh we're at, like exactly what florida's doing oh we're actually pretty good and we have no expectations and I, we can I, just I, be dangerous i thought you were going to say special advisor to the leafs kyle lowry which i i've, I've heard worse ideas i honestly have that's that's not bad uh one more night without the stanley cup playoffs florida and carolina will kick things off come back we miss tomorrow at 8 p.m we're down to the 8 p.m starts now because we're down to the final four teams in the stanley cup playoffs we will tee that up tomorrow uh but for now we'll leave it there another leafs day we'll see if we get some leafs news uh to discuss tomorrow otherwise we're gonna have to look elsewhere gutter we'll chat tomorrow yeah